Welcome back to Ready, Set, Review, your most fun that you'll have, talking about movies, music, comics, and culture. <laughs> it's yeah. different every time. You already, th- your most fun that yeah. you'll have. <laughs> All right, whatever. Erase. <laughs> Erase it, erase it, erase it, erase it, erase it. Oh, well. Well, well maybe not. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into it. So welcome to Ready, Set, Review. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. <laughs> One day I'm actually going to script this out. You it's know? so great. Yeah. I hope you never do. You know, I it's funny. My boss do. actually came to me, and uh, he made a whole training around it uh, and actually getting a chance to, like, you know, you know kind of have uh, – uh, scripted responses so that you can keep yourself on a steady pathway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think even if you had that, I don't think you – we've already established that you can't read well. So well, I, I know, <laughs> right? I can't read. I'm trying to. I'm learning hooked, hooked, hooked on pahonics working for men. Oh, man. So welcome back, True Reviewers. we got a great yeah. show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to dive right into it because the first thing we want to talk about are the Oscars. Yeah. And uh, not because we watch the Oscars, Oscars or because we care about anything that happens on the Oscars because we've made it very clear that it's a waste of fucking time. It's a stupid, stupid fucking thing to even care about. Lots, um, of, lots of pandering. Oh, lots God, of just, I know. Just, just – I don't want to call it fan service. It's but, fan service, but it is fan service. That's all that it is, yeah. you know. And it's and it's. Ugh. And this year ugh. was particularly so annoying. politically correct. Yeah, this year was particularly oh. annoying because everybody was making a big deal about the best picture reward, and there were a lot of great movies up for best picture. Sure were. Um, and as usual, everybody was complaining about not complaining about the fact, but they were propping up these movies. In the best picture category, not because yeah. any of these people even cared whether or not these were like objectively good movies. It was all about the message of the movie and right. the social justice warriors because right. you had Black Klansmen, which was a great movie, by the way. You had Green Book, also a great movie. Bohemian yep. Rhapsody, great movie. Roma, great movie. Like All these were great Black movies. Panther. Yeah, Black Panther, right? And, and yes, there's, of course, there's something to be said for the message and the representation behind a lot of these movies. But at the end of the day, what people can't seem to understand is that the Academy Awards are the equivalent of just like a high school uh, class president competition. It's just a popularity contest, and it's completely subjective. Yep. And all we've heard about for the entire week are people bitching about Green Book winning. So let's just take it like <laughs> let's just take a step back and and give you a little bit of education on how some of these things are selected. So yeah. the Academy, the, the quote Academy, quote unquote, is made the up of Academy. exactly is made up of yeah. fifty five hundred people. Um, I, I'm not going to get into how these people get to be on the Academy. Who fucking cares? It's the whole thing. Um, there is no scoring or grading criteria for any of the categories, not just Best Picture. So it's not like these guys are sitting down with the list of nominees for Best Actor and sitting there checking off boxes going, oh, did did this actor emote in this way? Did he deliver this line correctly? Did he look the part correctly? No. They're just yeah, it's look- not like the Olympics here. Exactly. It's not, like, <laughs> it's not like there's like a scorecard and the judges, they put up the scorecard. Exactly. Know? Perfect tens. So at no. the end of the day, no. it's just <laughs> Well, that would be cool, that though. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like, that would be cool. <laughs> they actually probably do have scoring categories. It's probably like, you know, they sit there. It's like, uh, perfect racial harmony, you know? like. <laughs> so so at the end of the day, when these all of these awards are selected and the winners are selected, it's these 5,500 people just yeah. going based on what they like. So spoiler alert, it is completely subjective. Yeah, 100%. And I guarantee you these people – these are people that work in the industry – they're concerned with the types of things that us, the fans, are concerned about. I go to a movie to watch an enjoyable movie. Yeah. If that movie sends me a message, great. If it doesn't, but it's still a good movie, also great. I don't care. No, the whole point of going to a movie is so that you can escape from reality, right? And you get this opportunity to be in a character's shoes and to live their life, to be able to imagine yourself having superpowers or or being in a, a just a touching situation, even like the Green Book, right? Exactly. You know, and it's and you know, I think that that's an important part of the movie business that I think 
is getting a little bit lost, right? Oh, it totally you is. Know? And it's, it's one of the reasons why, you know, the biggest movies in, in that do the best in the theaters are all of these movies that are these big budget blockbuster comic book movies, right? Or these world ending movies, because you want to imagine yourself as a superhero. Although the upside did very, very well. Yeah. Right? And again, it was a touching story that, that did incredibly well, where a lot of people could personify themselves with the character. Yeah. The thing I think people need to remember when they get up in arms about who wins an Academy Award is that you can really take the people that make the movies, the directors, the writers, the producers, everybody, and really put them into two different camps. Yeah. You've got your one camp that is really just – or maybe let's call it three camps. You have one camp that is really just trying to make a movie. They're trying to tell a story. They're trying to tell a story that they want to tell. They want to give you compelling characters, yep. a compelling story. They want to make yep. you feel maybe something emotionally, right? That's what they want to do. Then you've got your second camp of people like your Michael Bay's. They just want to make movies to, to make money and have big, shiny explosions on screen. And that's fine. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a that's market fine. for that. Yeah, there absolutely is. There's and then a you've demand got, for that. And then you've got your outsider crowd, your guys like Spike Lee, who they are making movies with the the not the sole purpose, but I would say the one of the main purposes is to send a message, to to get some sort of message out yep. there, whether it's a social message or anything along those lines. Yeah. And that's what Spike Lee is known for. And he does it really well. So for a guy like Spike Lee, who was notoriously angry at the fact that Green Book won the best picture, for him to make such a bitchy little stink about it because it essentially didn't do enough to draw attention to racial issues in the country, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and you know, to that point, I actually, you know, you mentioned that it's it is a good movie, um, and it it is it is a good movie, Black Klansman. Yeah. Um. But I, I actually had a, a number of friends of mine who are interracial friends, and, and they did not like it at all. They so, did not – you know, the ones that I thought would like it the most and would be the biggest fans of it really didn't enjoy the movie, didn't think it was that well done. So I'm actually really glad you brought that up because the, the thing that Spike Lee appears to be complaining about in Green Book – I don't even think he accomplishes in his own movie. So Black Klansman, just real quick, is a story. It's based on a true story, and it's yep. about um, I'm forgetting the character's name. I should I should look it up. Um, but uh, a, a a the first black police officer on a Colorado police force who uh, just happens to be able to infiltrate the KKK, right. and he gets paired with his partner is a is a white Jewish guy. Um, Played by Adam Driver in the movie. Actually, the mm -hmm. the guy that plays the main character is Denzel Washington's son. He's so good in the movie. Yeah, he's yeah. great. He's great um, in the movie. Yeah. Um. So so if you actually watch the movie, the the most emotionally tense scenes, the scenes where the most of the plot is advanced are actually done by Adam Driver's character. Yep. So for me, when I was watching the movie, again, I wasn't looking at it from, with any sort of lens. I just wanted to go and enjoy a movie because um, I, like, I like Spike Lee. I like his movies. I do too. I've been a big fan since I was a kid. And the thing that a lot of people always complain about is this white savior trope. And I think that the black – I think that Black Klansman – has the white savior trope in it more so than a lot of other movies I've seen because if you actually watch it, Adam Driver is the one because because um uh, what do you call it? Because uh, John David Washington, Denzel's son, yeah, uh, Ron Stallworth, that was the character's name, Ron Stallworth. Because Ron yeah. Stallworth is black, yeah. all of his interactions with the KKK happen over the phone. Right. Adam Driver is the one that actually goes and plays Ron and portrays Ron Stallworth when he physically meets with the KKK. He is the one throughout the entire movie that is arguably in the most physical danger. There's actually this incredible scene where one guy is trying to uh, – one of the KKK guys is trying to prove that Adam Driver's character is actually Jewish. And it's yeah. this hilarious scene where he's like, oh, you got one of them uh, one of them Jew dicks with the, the skin <laughs> on it? And it's this great scene where Adam Driver bluffs his way out of it. And he's like, he's like wait, what, do you want to see my dick? Like, you, don't, you, you want to whip my dick out right now? You're some kind of gay? You're some, like, it was just – it was such a well-done scene. So anyway, my point is the movie is brilliant done it's a great movie but for what people are complaining about green book black klansman doesn't do it any better than green book did 
So shut up. Yeah, yeah, and and Green Green Book was just it, as a uh, an Italian American, it it the Viggo Mortensen's representation of an Italian American was just so cliche, um, and I just really didn't enjoy it at all. Like it was just it was it was it was very cliche. You know, it's funny. I got a chance to watch uh, Jesus and Mero's new show that's on Showtime, yeah. and they do a hilarious sort of recap of like the entire movie and everything like that, and um, it's absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely hysterical, and it was just so spot on with the way that the movie was, and it just, um, uh, it just. I don't think that it deserved best picture either. I don't. Des- I don't think it deserved yeah. deserve best picture. But not, but then again, I don't think Black Klansman deserved best picture. I, I don't know. I, you know. Yeah, and, and I agree, and I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned the stereotype performance of the Italian guy because you know guys like me and you like when we, we see that all the time. It, it doesn't bother us, like you know, like whatever. No, it, it, it is what it is. But you will never ever. Ever in 10 million years in this day and age, hear somebody complain about that in a movie. Nobody will ever come up and say, um, this is an unfair representation of Italians. Right. Even though at that at that time it was a pretty accurate representation of Italians. But yeah. who the fuck cares? It's a movie. Yeah. Yes, it was based on a true story, but you know, based on a true story doesn't mean it needs to be hundred yeah, percent factually. Yeah, factually accurate. So the point is, all of these social justice warriors that are, are, are blowing up the internet with their complaints about Green Book, you do realize that you're complaining about the fact that 5,500 guys decided that this was their favorite movie. Right. Like, yeah. that's what you're angry about. Right. Like, d- did you like Green Book? No? Fine. Did you like Black Klansmen? Yes. Like, that's all that matters. What you feel about the movie, what the movie did for you, that's all that matters. If Green Book didn't yeah. do anything for you, then it didn't do anything for you. Yeah. It did for these 5,500 guys. It's all subjective. Yeah, it's all subjective. And I think that that's, that's really the point, is that no matter what movie was chosen to be Best Picture, people would have complained. Exactly. Right? People would have complained. You know what would have happened if, if Bohemian Rhapsody won? Well, you want know, yeah, they would have complained about whitewashing. No, they would have – actually, they would have complained. I would guess that too. But they would have mainly complained about the fact that the movie did not do enough to draw attention to um, Freddie Mercury's being gay. lifestyle. Yeah, yes. is, being gay. Yes. Yeah, 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 100%, which, which is one of the biggest complaints that I heard about that Exactly, movie. which which again, yeah. I, I think – I've seen the movie. I think it's a bit of a fair criticism. Yeah, you know, But that's not sure. really what the movie was about. But I – 100% guarantee you if that movie won Best Picture, you have the exact same outrage. It would just be from a different side of the social justice community. And God forbid if Black Panther had won, there would be so many fan and fanboys who are up in arms saying that Infinity War should have won. Exactly. Right? If they were going to choose a comic book movie because Infinity War was, let's face it, it was way better than Black Panther. Definitely. Black Panther, don't get me wrong, it was an amazing movie. You know, and it had some great characters. Michael B. Jordan was absolutely outstanding in that yeah. movie. Right? And, um, um, but you know, does it deserve to be in the running for best picture? I don't think that it did. It just, yeah. I, I don't think that it was, it was like that incredible of a movie. Whereas on the opposite end, I do think that infinity war was exactly, exactly. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, it's just a matter of the, you know, for the entire day, two days, even after the Oscars, mm-hmm. I couldn't read any news. I couldn't go on the Hollywood reporter. I couldn't read variety or deadline, all the stuff I normally read because it was nothing about, it was nothing but outrage over the Oscars. Yeah. And for, for us, the amount of time that people waste complaining about this stuff is you could you could be spending your time better elsewhere. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We're all here to, to watch movies, to enjoy them. We're here to you know get a bit of an escape, tell a good story, like, yeah. you know. And I think that's exactly the, the point and the problem with these award shows is that they're just not what they used to be. Yeah. You know, they're, they're really not that fun. You know, you get the fashion element. You get the event element of it. You get, you know, a chance to talk about movies. But it just it just seems more and more like, like a lot of people don't care. Like it's just a lot of pandering, yeah. right, and that it's not – it's not really that great of a show, although you know everyone is also talking about um, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper and the amazing uh, performance that they gave at the Oscars. Oh, the eye fucking. Yeah, and, and yeah, but but you know again, they're in a role, they're on stage, they're you know like come on, like yeah. people are buying into the kayfabe way too much, right? People are believing you know things that they want to be. They see these fake things. Um, and they want them to be real, right? Like people want Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper to get together because, like, oh, this movie was so great, and you know they, they you know they would make a great couple, and they, you know they have such chemistry together, right? 
But at the end of the day, they're they're characters. They're just characters. I do I do have to admit the only good thing I enjoyed reading about the Oscars was all the were all the memes that came out. Um, like one of the ones I saw was the you know the Jordan Peele sweating oh, meme, yeah. right? And it said it was like Bradley Cooper's fiance watching him perform with Lady yep, Gaga yep, on stage. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, just, they're great. Those <laughs> were uh, that was the only good thing that came out of the Oscars. And there were so many of them. Oh too. god, they were everywhere. Yeah, yeah they were so great. Yeah, like every were, meme ever, like just uh, yeah. directed towards that. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny, and you know, and um, and good for them. You know, I, I think it was a great movie, and um, and uh, you know, maybe that should have won Best Picture, but. Yeah, exactly. And again, yeah. like we said, there's no scoring criteria for these movies. It's literally what these people yeah, in their mind like, is the best picture. Uh, your opinion, man. It's exactly you know? what it is. And that's all that it is. It's exactly what it is. And so to don't, get, don't don't get too upset by it. Yeah. Don't take it too seriously. To get that heated over an, an opinion is is just a complete waste of time because it's yeah. all fake. It's yeah. all fake. It's all fake. Speaking of fake. Oh, here we go. Speaking of fake. We're going to have a very controversial show tonight. Yeah, tonight is going to be a little bit controversial, and I really like it. Um, and it actually kind of comes full circle for us, because if you go back and you listen to our first episode, uh, the pilot episode that we had for the show, <laughs> um, uh, we talk about what is kayfabe. You know, I just used the word kayfabe, and, and uh, you know, what is that? And for those of you who don't know what kayfabe is, if you never got a chance to listen to the first episode that we did, uh, kayfabe is essentially the blurry line between what's fake and what's what what's wrestling and what's real, right? It's a, a term used in in the uh, sports entertainment and professional wrestling world, and it's that blurry line that that kind of uh, blurs line between what is real and what is fake. So the reason that we're talking about this is for two reasons. <laughs> we have we have two things that we're going to talk about here today, and uh, one of them is a. Uh, wrestling character by the name of Roman Reigns. Now, unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know who Roman Reigns is. He is really the poster child for WWE that they have been trying to push and trying to get popular and trying to get over, right? Make him uh, make him a, a fan favorite. And the fans have vehemently rejected him. <laughs> All of the, the smart marks that are out there, you know, have, have come out and they are, are vehemently against Roman Reigns being shoved down our throats and and everything like that. However, uh, it came out in October of last year that Roman Reigns has leukemia, or at least that's what <laughs> that's what they told that's, us. That's what they'd like you to believe. Now, <laughs> me as a hardcore wrestling fan and I have being I've been a hardcore wrestling fan since I was a kid. I have had to endure people constantly coming up to me. Don't you know wrestling is fake? Don't you know it's fake? Don't you know it's fake? Don't you know it's fake? It's a show. It's a show just like any other show, just like any other soap opera or movie or anything like that. So here's what we want to talk about, right? Here's where the controversy comes in. Roman Reigns, a lot of people are coming out and saying that his battle, his fight with leukemia is kayfabe. Right, it's it's fake. It's a WWE storyline. Well, and we we speculated about it on the first episode when he when he when he literally first just announced it because not, not only did we speculate about it, but <laughs> I went on record and I said if Roman Reigns returns right before WrestleMania. You know it's kayfabe. You Wrestle know it's kayfabe. WrestleMania is one month away. <laughs> yeah, literally one month away. And this past Monday, on Monday Night Raw, Roman Reigns returned to action. <laughs> one month before WrestleMania. Coincidentally, right after he was done filming Hobbs and Shaw. Also. Which, which, which brings up just another point. I mean, it, it, how was he able to... Hobbs and Shaw is an action movie. He clearly looks like he's in an action scene or a scene that is very uh, physically exhausting, at yeah. least, let's say. How He threw a spear last night. Yeah. He looks like he's in great shape. He looks like he hasn't missed a day in the gym or maybe just a couple days. Yeah. You know, he, may, he looks a little smaller, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's lost maybe a little bit of muscle mass, but I don't really think he has. And I... Yeah, it's the whole thing is very questionable. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the whole thing is just it's very suspect. The Especially with the like you said, the, the timing of it. Like how perfect is that timing where we've had he's been gone for the last few months and we are literally one month away from WrestleMania and he makes his big return. And you have this character that you've been trying to make a fan favorite and have just everything that you've tried to do. You know, you've had The Rock come out and try and endorse him. You've had him winning and beating all of these major characters, right? Brock Lesnar and and really just dominating the scene and, and being that person that can kind of, 
you know, carry the torch, so to speak, despite the fans not really wanting it, right? So what is the only way that you can take a character like that and make it so that he's a fan favorite? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, have him survive a life-threatening illness. Uh, not only a life-threatening illness, but how about a life-threatening illness that WWE constantly comes out to support or, or to to bring awareness to to and, and to support children, right? WWE, which I think was actually a really good thing for them, have they still have an active partnership with Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, but they have actually decided to build their own uh, charitable donation, which they call <laughs> Connor's Cure. Just for John Cena. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, I mean, the guy was granting 300 wishes a year, right? The guy's a workhorse. He's incredible. Um, but th so th they create this Connor's Cure, and so they fight against cancer. They fight against, you know, uh, pediatric diseases, right? Um, and, and that's really the whole point of it. And it's such a touching thing that WWE does. And it's something that gets so easily overlooked, right, by, by what the content of their storylines is. Right. And now you have this person who's a main good guy who comes out and he is the benchmark. He comes out, I beat cancer, you can beat cancer too. He's he's the person that kids should look up to, should believe in. Um, I, I think it is, I think, in my opinion, it is brilliant storytelling. Oh, yeah. It's, it's brilliant storytelling. It's it's absolutely incredible. It's the way that wrestling should be, you know, and it, and it really is something that really blurs that line. And it goes back to making kayfabe exist again. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, you know, especially at the end of the 90s when we we got so far away from kayfabe because of the internet and because of everything else, because there is so much information out there that, you know, we, we, you don't have that blurred line between fakeness and the entertainment anymore or the, the reality and, 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 uh, the entertainment, right. You only, you know, it's, it's only, it's too much of that reality when really you're just, you know, that you're watching a show, you know, that it's entertainment. And so you want to have that blurred line, right? Yeah. This is a great example of it. Now here's the question. Is it kayfabe? Right? Is it kayfabe? Is it real? Right? Or is it fake? Did he really have leukemia? Was it as bad as he said? Right? And then here's the real question to ask. If it is kayfabe, why is that bad? Why yeah. is that bad? I don't think that's a bad thing. Right? So he comes out. You know, and again, it's wrestling. It's fake. All my life, I've been hearing how fake. Re yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, all all my life, I've been hearing how fake wrestling is, and how you know, oh, you know, it's fake, it's fake, it's fake. And um, you know, and now all of a sudden, people are coming out and they're saying they're they're up in arms, saying that if he it was kayfabe, that people are going to be mad at him. Why? I don't understand. Yeah. You know, I this is he. You create this 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 figurehead. For kids to look up to and, and to believe in and to have hope. I beat cancer. You can beat cancer too. So who cares if it's a story or not, right? It's who cares? He plays a character. Roman Reigns is a character on a TV show, right? So if that character went through a life-threatening injury, right, or a life-threatening disease and then came out positive on the other side, you know, whether that was a character in a book or a character in a movie or a character in a TV show – Right. It's it's all the same thing. And it, it, if, it, it, if it is something that gives kids hope and it can make Roman Reigns a, a better character, I, you know, I'm all for it. And I don't think there's anything wrong. I, I think, A, so let me go out there and I'm, I'm going to put my opinion down on paper here. <laughs> a, I think it was 100 percent kayfabe. I, I have been a hardcore wrestling fan and more than a wrestling fan, a wrestling historian. Thank you very much. Uh, although, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> although I will, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll come out and admit it. Last week, I made a small error. I said it was January 23rd, 1983, when Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania started. It was actually 1984. I was really impressed with J that. January, date, that January, date. January 23rd, 1984. I was really impressed with that Inside of Madison drop. Square Garden. Uh, anyway. That was so. a good date drop. Yeah, so anyway. So, uh, I just had the year wrong off by one year. <laughs> but anyway, so, back to the story at hand, right? So, Roman Reigns, right, is it kayfabe, right? And then, if it is kayfabe, if it is fake... Right? Why is that bad? I don't think that it's bad. Right? I think he's he's coming out. He's 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 presenting a positive picture, and he's really trying to do something that that WWE doesn't have anybody else to be able to do. Yeah. Right? Like they had John Cena, and John Cena was the figurehead for so long. John Cena is getting too old. John Cena is not there anymore. They need someone to carry the torch. Roman Reigns is that guy. He's been that guy for a long time. They just needed a way to get him over. I, I was never a fan of Roman Reigns. I am now. I really like yep. him. I like this storyline. I like what they're doing with it. I totally agree, and I agree with you. I think it is kayfabe. I think it's all made up, and I think that it is okay because, again, the thing that people need to remember 
wrestling is a soap opera. It is a TV show. Mm-hmm. And, and and it is, like I think you made a really good point about in the age of the internet, it yep. is really hard to, to keep that facade going because, you know, when you have just like, just take Twitter, for example, yeah. you know, some wrestlers will put their up their Twitter accounts and they use their Twitter as like a personal account. Yeah. Other wrestlers use it like as their wrestling character. Like a great example. I just saw a tweet from Ronda Rousey today um, where she was going after Becky Lynch. And like, you know, these people, these people have to work together. So even if there is some sort of, you know, that you hear about like locker room animosity, like sometimes people don't get along, like whatever, that is what it is. But all, every single thing that Ronda Rousey put in her quite funny tweet, actually, yeah, towards series, Becky they, Lynch. They had yeah. a series of them. They like to go back and yeah. forth, which I love it. I, exactly. I think it's a good dichotomy between them. But you have to remember, and they're, that's they're not vicious, real. They're brutal to but, each other. Right, but they're acting. They yeah. are playing characters. 100%. That is their character. Yeah. So, so I, I agree with you. I think it's really hard to have that blurred line. And another thing, too, with a lot of like these – you know. Hulk Hogan was probably the closest we ever came up until kind of like the Rock John Cena era, but we were just watching the Roman Reigns interview on, on Good Morning America. Right. When's the Before the age of the internet, even the last 20 years it's called, when's the last time you saw a wrestler go on a show like that as themselves, not as their wrestling character, just as right. themselves? John, John Cena is, is on Good Morning America quite often. But, but I'm, talking, I'm talking like before the John oh. Cena era. Well, like, I mean, Regis and Kathy Lee, but they would always go on as their character. That's what I'm saying, like yeah. as themselves. Yeah, you, you never no, had you never no. had Macho Man Savage going on Regis no. as um whatever his real name is. I can't remember his real name uh, right Randy now. Randy Fofo. Thank you. He oh, anytime these guys would go on these shows, they would be on as their character. They were right. always in character. That right. doesn't happen anymore. They go on as their real selves. So, like to your point, it makes it so much harder to do these kind of really good storylines because people no longer just see wrestlers. As the wrestling character, they right. see them both as their wrestling character and their real life persona. Again, with all yeah. these like these fucking reality TV shows, yeah, the, the goddamn total Bellas and shit. And you like, think that it's real, and it's not real. Same thing with the Kardashians. Yeah. Same thing with Jersey Shore. Same thing with the um, Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Right? They're all playing all characters yeah. on TV. Right? They call it reality TV, but it's not reality TV. It's all I, in fact, I've seen better storylines in wrestling <laughs> than in, in some of those reality TV yeah. shows. Right? Another. Thing that I think is funny, we just, like I said, we just watched the interview with uh, Robin Roberts on Good Morning America with Roman Reigns. He came out and he talked about it. Anthony and I watched the entire thing. It was only like a four-minute interview. Not once does he mention his his leukemia, his battle with leukemia, no. his recovery. Nope. I don't think even nope. I don't even think he says the not, word no, leukemia. Nope. No, doesn't like, say the word <laughs> leukemia once in the interview. And neither no, does she. No, neither does she. He doesn't mention his treatment. He doesn't mention the ups and downs. He doesn't mention the struggle of what it was like. He doesn't mention any of that. He just it, he just talks about the joy that it was to get back in the ring, how he wants to work with children, right? And even more so, like if I didn't think it was kayfabe before that, in yeah. watching that interview, I would have immediately thought it was. And after. you know what? In that interview, God damn it, The Rock still got his plug in. Dude, the Rock got, still dude, got his plug dude, in. The Rock bubble will never burst. He's the greatest superstar the in the history of. Oh. of of anything. That's how you know. The, entertainment. The greatest, the, the, the most, the, the most entertaining superstar that you will ever see. And, and really he is the biggest superstar. The Rock ever. managed to get a plug for himself in an interview that he, A, did not appear on, B, was not about him, C, was about leukemia. Yeah. <laughs> he still managed to get still a fucking managed. plug in. Still managed. Still managed. God damn it, Roman Rock. Reigns is cousins with The Rock. So, um, so, you know, so yeah. speaking of Robin so, Roberts, well, let's let's so let's let's talk about the blend though. Right? Oh, okay. So, the so let's blend. let's let's talk about appropriation, right? You know, you, you hear this term appropriation that's that's thrown around where people will appropriate cultures, right? There was Google's, that Google's definition, real quick. There was that that tweet on the uh, internet that came out uh, earlier last year when a girl was going to prom and she wore a traditional red Chinese dress to her prom. Right. And a guy came out on Twitter and he was like, um, my culture is not your fucking prom dress. Right. And while he was sitting there, now this was a, a Chinese Asian kid sitting there in, uh, I think it was a billabong t-shirt, right. <laughs> and, and skater shorts and a backwards like billabong hat. Right. So he's talking about appropriating culture while he's standing there in, in American culture. Right. <laughs> appropriating wearing, my culture. Yeah, <laughs> wearing garb. So like the whole thing was just hypocritical and, and stupid. As it always is. Uh, as it always is. Right. However, there is a seriousness about a- appropriation. Right. And when you try and appropriate things like 
leukemia, right? Where, whereas you try and appropriate the feelings that somebody who had uh, cancer has, right? You, you lie about having cancer, right? Like that's a bad thing. But Roman Reigns is a character. He's not lying about it. He's playing a part, right? There is a huge difference between Roman Reigns and Jussie Smollett. Oh, here it is. So here it is. We've been dancing around this issue. We've been wanting to talk about it for a really long time, but we we don't like to get too controversial on our show. We want this to be very serious, but you know we're going to take a dive into there and let's just really, really rip this thing apart, right? Um, you know, and and so this, this is a this is a new segment we call the kayfabe connection. The kayfabe connection. <laughs> so the kayfabe connection, right? So Jussie Smollett. Uh, came out and he claimed that he was uh, had a brutal attack happened on him, right? So Jesse Smollett, um, you know, obviously an actor on Empire, came out and he said that there were these two guys. Didn't say whether they were white at the time. Didn't say whether they were white or not. But he he alluded to the fact that they were white. Said they were wearing MAGA hats. Said that th- this is MAGA country, right? He said that they put a noose around his neck. That they they doused and, him in wait, no, an uh, unknown chemical substance. <laughs> And he came out and did this whole convoluted story, which we have now found out to be a lie. Now, here's the difference. Because Jesse Smollett, at that time, was not playing a character. Yep. Right? This is something that if there were two people, two white guys who were even in the vicinity, right, this is something that could have had detrimental repercussions, right, where people could have gone to jail. Like, I'm I'm, – Fully on belief that Jesse Smollett would have been that person that got on the witness stand, pointed to the people who were on the, uh, the, the who were um, being prosecuted, and and would have said, "Yep, those are the ones who yeah. did it." When when it was a complete fabrication yeah. and falsehood. Well, because he definitely did not expect those two brothers to flip on him like they did in a heartbeat. Uh, they were like heartbeat. As soon as heartbeat. somebody mentioned jail, they're like, "Oh nope, this guy yeah, paid no, us to do uh, it." No, I'm not going to jail for him. And I remember I, they only got paid three grand. Yeah, and I remember even from the very get go when they first announced the story, and it, it wasn't just us. Everybody had suspicions about it because if you if you listen to his original story, and you, if you just look at it for for one second. Look at it with a critical eye rather than just see hate crime. You have to question his turn, um, his his sequence of events because 100%. a he's he claimed it happened at around two a.m. on a street in Chicago, which is known as one of the swankiest, most upscale neighborhoods in the entire country. Yep. At 2 a.m. And notoriously, Chicago has more video yes. cameras in their city to be able yes. to, pro- to provide evidence and footage yep. than any other city in the world. And the police could not find or any, any other city in the country. Right. Anyway. And the police could not find any video evidence. The most they found were the two guys walking later in the night. But then when you think about his story, so we got off the plane, went to a subway at 2 a.m. And then... The way he describes it with the ski masks and the noose and the bleach around his neck, people are no, the bleach on his face, people just are not walking the streets of Chicago with a bottle of bleach and a noose looking for somebody to, to commit a hate crime on. That, that says that it's a perpetrated crime, that somebody was premeditated. Yep. And how would these two, targeted. these two random guys have known that he was getting off the flight and going to Subway? Because it wasn't like he was in Chicago prior to that. He made a point of saying he had just flown back into Chicago and went out to get a bite. So there was yep. no way they would have known what his flight itinerary was to place him in that spot at that yep. time and not to mention another thing that 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 came out in the beginning of the, the at the uh, when the initial story was reported that people tend to forget about this happened during that historic cold front where the entire midwestern part of our country was literally a block of ice yeah it was historic yeah. cold temperatures yeah. so these two guys were just wandering the streets like the yeah, whole in the freezing cold yeah. when nobody else was out there yeah and you're gonna tell me that if you really believe this was a hate crime you're gonna because he made a point of saying that he walked back to his hotel or his, his apartment with the noose still on his neck yeah you're gonna walk three more blocks with a fucking noose around your neck are you kidding me you're gonna walk 
You're yeah. going to walk? You yeah. wouldn't run? Yeah, you wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So none of the story it was very it's suspicious so from holes. the get-go. It was so full of holes from the get-go. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously it's now come out that it was 100% completely fabricated. Yeah. And to your point, you like know? you said, that is not him playing a character. No. And, just and, the opposite. And with, the, with the, the, the tension we have in this country right now, whether it's warranted or not, around these type of things – like, just, I mean, let's get real serious for a second here. How fucking irresponsible can you possibly be to do this? Whatever your motivation was, I don't care what his motives were, this is, like, the single most irresponsible thing I've ever heard of anybody doing. You know, and it's and it's 100% appropriation, and the people that it hurts the most are the people who actually have experienced hate crimes, right? It, it degrades what, what happened to them, right? And I, and I have the same feeling about uh, women who accuse men of rape and when the, they, they are far falsely accused, right? Because for those women, those poor women out there who have experienced that, it absolutely degrades their experience, right? And it, and it makes, it makes, you know, this, this belief and it gives ammunition to all of the haters out there to say, Oh, it didn't really happen or, or to continue that cycle of, of inappropriate behavior. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's absolutely horrible. Right. And I think that that's exactly what Jesse Smollett has done is it has absolutely degraded um, people who have really experienced these kind of crimes and these kind of incidents in their lives, right? Yeah. And he tries to appropriate that because we are in a society, a society right now that really is is idolizing victims. Yeah. Right. And it, you and know it, that that victim appropriation is one of the most disgusting things that I have ever seen, and it's and it's so unbelievably inappropriate. And it really takes it back to a serious note, kind of like at the beginning where we were talking about the Oscars and this fake out. Rage and the, the 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 whole celebrity and political yeah. culture that came out after he announced this attack, and literally everybody came out and 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 decried the attack and was behind him a hundred percent with literally yeah. no facts other than the story that he told. Right. And it's one thing to come out and say, you know, when this happens, to say. This is disgusting. Hate crimes are bad. But to go as far as they did, as far as a lot of them did, is it wasn't just celebrities. A lot of politicians too. They all look like fucking idiots right now because yeah. they blindly believe this quote victim. Where you know the last time I checked, we have one of the most effective and democratic justice systems in the entire world. Is it perfect? No. no. Far but from in it, this but country, you are innocent until proven guilty. Like that's why it's called in. Allegation. It does not mean it's fact. You have right. to prove that these things happen. Right. And and just like you said with with, with the with the Me Too movement right. and a lot of those accusations, that so many of them have come out to be unfounded. And the majority of them, again, I think we talked about this the other day. You know, with the exception of like Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein, yeah. the majority of these do not go into any sort of court proceedings. No, no evidence is collected. None of nothing like that. But these people are still having their lives destroyed just because of these allegations. Right. And it's really not that fair. And it does, I think, more importantly, take away, like you said, from the people that are actually truly victims of some of these crimes. And yeah, and, it's, and it takes away that innocent until proven guilty. You know, there were a lot of people who were coming out when Jesse Smollett was first being accused of, of fabricating the story. Like, oh, what happened to an innocent until proven guilty? What happened to innocent until proven guilty? Well, what happened to innocent until proven guilty? With, with like, like there could have been two people that people would have been up in arms, would have already decreed that they were guilty, right? Yeah. Without them even being proven guilty, right? And and they were and and it, you know it's just uh, unfortunately we we live in a society of uh, of, of bandwagoning, yeah. right? And you want to get on, you know, today's today's you know whatever you want champion today's cause or exactly. whatever, you know. And, um, and it's one thing to champion the cause, but you can't ignore due process. Like, you just can't. That's what our society is fucking built on. And thank God for due process because it found out that he was a total lying D-bag. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I remember I remember when we first talked about it, we, when we were first <laughs> suspicious of the whole thing, when they said that, he was like, like I said, they, they said that this is MAGA country. And I'm like, you know, saying that this is MAGA country is exactly the kind of thing it sounds like somebody that they think a Donald Trump supporter would say. Yeah, like, it makes, it's, it's like, I bet this is how Donald Trump supporters talk. This is MAGA country. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I think this is? I think it is, uh, it's it's the Dunning-Kruger effect, oh, right? God. So the Dunning-Kruger <laughs> effect, for those of you out there who don't know, uh, is when you believe you have uh, expertise in and knowledge about, you know, some kind of topic and, and you really don't. 
right? So it, it just seems that Jesse Smollett was thinking that, oh, I've seen cop shows, right? Seriously. Like, I could do this. Like, it was so comical to, like, almost like an old school. You know how, like, people would get into a taxi cab and yep. take it to one place and they get into another taxi cab? So they did that. Except they did it with Ubers. Right? <laughs> so, so they did it with Ubers. So a, a, you're in Chicago. There's lots of taxi cabs in Chicago. Yeah. B, they did it with Ubers. Yeah. Uber has are tracked. They're recorded, right? And so they get God. into one Uber. They take it to one place. You get dropped off, only to get into another Uber and take it to the destination. And the be- thinking like, oh, we're gonna outsmart the cops. And even better than that was when he was like, he's like, oh yeah, I was on my phone with the manager with my manager when this happened my yeah. manager heard them say this is maggot country and the cops are of course like okay well turn over your phone yeah, record show us the phone record and he it took him two weeks to do it and when he finally did it was like heavily quote heavily redacted yeah, heavily redacted. they were like this is nothing like you redacted the parts that we need <laughs> and it was like it was like in a word document right like it's, it's like it's like i feel like it's like a teacher a high school teacher when somebody's turning in their paper and they're like dude like come on <laughs> like, seriously it's, it's like, like you're not you even like, trying right now. Yeah, like when you blatantly copied your work from somebody else, and it's yeah. like, dude, come yeah, on. Just change it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just so change it, it a little bit. So it looks a little different. Another great meme. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, God. So, yeah, so so a huge difference between Jussie Smollett and what he came out and said and what Roman Reigns is doing. Roman Reigns is a character on or off the screen. So when Roman Reigns, going by the name Roman Reigns, even is in public, um, even doing interviews on TV, right, he he is a character, right? So coming out and saying leukemia, so if it's a storyline, it's a storyline, right? It doesn't affect anyone. In fact, right. just the opposite. I think it's done to, to, to put a positive picture out there, yeah, draw right? A positive whereas, whereas, whereas what Jesse Smollett did, did just the opposite. And it was yeah. only perpetuating this, this idea, right? Which does happen. Like, again, you know, th- th- that's exactly what the problem is, right? Is that... You know that these things do happen. Race crimes do happen. Yeah. Right. But now you go out there and you say this idea that race crimes happen all the time, or that it it's still really common, right? And it and it just it just. Well, this is why I hate. It just widens the divide. Well, and this is why I hate the media. I always complain about the media because if you were to if you were to just read the mass media. You would think that we live in a country that is nothing but hate crimes yeah. in all parts of the country. Yeah, I mean, but if you actually, if you actually look at the depressing. statistics, and like, yes, while it is true that hate crimes have been slightly on the rise ever since Donald Trump became president, uh, that is a statistical yeah. fact. Yep. The fact of the matter is that they are not. A, it's not a widespread epidemic like the media would have you believe. And this fucking asshole was trying to take advantage of that, trying to play on people's emotions by doing – by perpetrating – wait, did you watch the the uh, the Trevor Noah bit on The Daily Show where he I had did. a whole – oh yes. my god, his whole skit yes. on how Jussie did this? It was yeah. great. Where he kept on going and it's like, like, I'm a black man. And then Jim really goes, and gay. And gay. <laughs> like, and gay. Don't forget, and gay. Like it was – God, it was so good. You know, and it's just – it's so frustrating because, look, uh, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'll come right out there and of say course, it. Yeah. I, I'm not a Trump supporter Neither am all. I. But what this does is it gives ammunition to those supporters, oh, right, man. to those people that are that way. They've been taking that, victory laps on the internet. That are those, those kind of – those, those, you know – Really in your face, kind of dickhead people, right? Yeah. And, and douchebags that just want to want to perpetuate this this idea, and, and it's just not good. Yeah, right? no, and it sets things and back, and it really is setting things back. And there's so much bad stuff that's going on out there. Like you don't need to add more. Like you don't need to add more. Like why are you doing this? It doesn't yeah. make sense, right? It just the only reason it made sense is because he wants to get more popular. He wants to be, you know, oh, he wanted to have a little bit more, a little bit more fame, yeah. a little bit more. Popularity. Well, the latest. Thing that came out. No now press is bad press. Oh yeah, you know what is bad press? Yeah. When you go to jail. When you go to jail. Yeah. Well, actually, the Hollywood Reporter just came out with a uh, uh, an article yesterday where they were claiming that based on what they were, you know, based on interviews with with and people talking to to Jussie Smollett, they're, they're, he's now trying to claim or trying to paint the story that the the overwhelming pressure oh, to be famous that. and succeed oh, in Hollywood. God. I'm about to break. Just, I'm like, so you mean to tell me? Just deny till you die, bro. Like, just just deny yeah. till you die. And then last week, and last week it was an untreated drug issue. Uh-huh. So we're supposed to believe that this quote untreated.
orchestrated drug issue and this, quote, pressure to succeed in Hollywood led him to oh. orchestrate a hate crime on himself. Yeah, I'm not buying it. No. I'm not no, fucking buying no. it. I'm sorry. That you're going to pay someone? Yeah. To put a hate crime on you? You're going to pay someone? And the fact, like, this guy's a bad criminal. He wrote a check. He wrote, he wrote, a, wrote a, check. a fucking check. Again, Dunning-Kruger. <laughs> like, he just thinks that he's, oh, they're just going to blindly believe me. They're yeah. just going to blindly believe me, right? Oh, I'm just going to get away you, with it because I'm a famous person what and do you I'm mean? black and gay. What do you mean the, what do you mean the banks it? take pictures of checks? What do you mean there's a picture of the check? I don't understand. I thought the check got destroyed blah, blah, blah. fucking so stupid. so dumb so dumb <laughs> oh just, my god just absolutely the dumbest thing that has ever happened and it's and it's absolutely terrible yeah. so while as i do think roman reigns kayfaving a leukemia storyline i think it's a great thing i think it's a, a great story i think it puts him in a positive light i think it gives something for for the children who is wwe's target audience yeah i think it gives them somebody to look up to and it gives them hope which is one of the most powerful things that somebody who is in that situation can possibly have yep. is hope and that belief and that reason to keep on fighting right and roman reigns is now that figurehead and quite honestly i think that's something that even if it is a storyline which it 100 is I mean, you know, but whatever is. when when you know even the fact that it is a storyline right that it's a great thing to get behind and that's a great message right you know whereas on the opposite end jesse smollett coming out and lying and trying to appropriate being a victim right and trying to and, and trying to just get that victim sympathy right it's just not it's not cool man that's that's messed up yeah what a fucking piece of shit yeah um so yeah. uh Back to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> so look, we had to talk about it. We want to know what you guys think too. Do you think it's bad? Like if, if Roman Reigns is kayfabing this, right? Do you think it's bad? Do you not think it's bad? Right? Like, is this something that he should be doing or shouldn't be doing? Right? You know, we'd love to know your opinion. And then certainly would love to know your opinion about the uh, the Jesse Smollett situation. Right? You know, do you, do you think that, you know, maybe it was the pressure of Hollywood that caused him to Ugh. forge and fake uh, this whole thing? <laughs> If you want to try and come out and defend him, oh, you're more than welcome. Uh, and you know what? Here, you want to know what? You know, let's get dark for a second. Oh boy! Because here's the really, really fucked up shit, right? Because Jesse Smollett said that he got a race attack that happened to him. Jesse Smollett yeah. is being charged with a felony. That means he's not going to go to nice. White, no, he's going to go white, to federal prison. He's going to go to white collar prison. He's going to go to federal pound me in the ass prison. Right? <laughs> This dude, nice office space reference. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. And this dude, uh, when people find out you go to prisons like that, there are there are that that you know those white gangs that are in there. Yeah, and there is a real well, danger where I mean he could go there. And, well, and, and not then, even the you know not even he lied the about he lied about having a race attack. Well, he may experience one in real life. Well, and, and not I, even and the, I don't wish that upon him. I really don't. I don't want that. Yeah, I think that's horrible. Of course not. I, I think it's horrible even if he did lie. I think that's that that would be a horrible thing. Um but I mean that's the reality of the situation. Well, I think another thing charged with a felony, which I absolutely think that he should get charged with. I think another thing to consider too is that you always hear about how the the people that go to prison for things like um rape and 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 child uh child abuse or yeah. child rape yeah those are the ones that get targeted for some yeah. serious fucked up shit because yeah. even the most fucked up murderers and criminals in prison yeah they even look down on those type of people right. how do you think that they're gonna look down on somebody that faked the hate crime yeah like especially, I mean, especially white nationals that's what i'm saying right? right like you know if you go to a prison where there's a group of white nationals right that are there Right. I don't think the white nationals are going to touch him. I think they're going to leave it to everybody else because uh, can you can you imagine being like the, the 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 trope that exists in this country about the fact that blacks are in, incarcerated at or blacks and Latinos and minorities are incarcerated at a higher rate than whites. Yeah. Can you imagine how pissed off those guys are going to be? Oh yeah. To hear about this, I don't I don't think the white nationalist gangs are going to touch him. I think it's going to be those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and, it, and it's and it's that's a really that's a really that's a. That's a horrible situation, right? It's a horrible situation. But then again, uh, again, you know, good thing we never got to that point. But if there were, let's just say, two random white guys who were just walking around, right, and then they got accused and then, you know, were, were 
you know, put on trial and everything and had their right life ruined, right? Even just being yeah. charged and being on trial, right? Yeah. Just being accused with that, right? Would have been so detrimental to who they were as people that, you know, that it would have been a horrible situation. They would have had their character judged, right, immediately. And um, and it would have been a horrible thing that, that quite possibly could have ruined people's lives. Yeah, no, totally. It definitely could. And, and it could, I mean, it could have ruined if the, if the two brothers didn't flip on him. Yeah, 100%. Could have 100% ruined their lives. Yeah, they, they would have gone to jail. Yeah, and then, you know, Nigerian brothers who are here on visa, right? Yeah. And so they would have gone to jail. Know, no, well, I thought they were born here. Oh, were they? Were they? I, 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 I think I remember reading in one of the news articles they were they were born in Chicago. Oh, I yeah. thought I read that they were here on visas. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. I honestly don't so remember. That, I'd, I'd don't have to know. double check. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I think I remember saying they were saying they were born anyway, here. But yeah, but either way. Yeah, anyway, same, yeah. yeah, absolutely horrible. Yeah. Absolutely All right, so let's get back to positivity. Yeah. Let's get back to, to what this shows. So we, we talk about culture, right? We want to know your opinion. We want to know what it's what it, you know what you guys think as well. So let us know. Yeah. But um, so we want to talk about uh, we want to get into a review here and getting a chance to talk about it. We're really excited. You know, we've, we've kind of touched on it for the last couple of weeks. We want to do a, a quick review here of Alita, Alita Battle Angel, right? So Alita, great movie, came out, you know, or at least I, I thought it was a great movie, got mixed reviews uh, from a lot of the critics um, as well as a lot of the fans. I thought it was great too. Yeah, so you went and saw it just this weekend. I, I loved, you know, obviously I've come out and, and talked about how I went to the live action event. I yeah. went to the Iron City experience. I went to, I, I watched the anime right before going to see the movie. So I'd love, you know, what, I mean, what, what was your opinion on for, the movie? For me, this is really simple. And I'm just going to go right after the critics here because a lot of the critic complaints were that um, it was, there was too much going on, too much happening. That You know, it was trying to set up the next movie and blah, blah. Blah, blah, this, that, and the other thing. The fact of the matter is that that is correct. There is a lot going on in this movie. You you get thrown into the story from the, the first frame of the movie. You're tossed right into the story, and it literally does not slow down for the entire two hours, whatever, of the movie. But the most important thing to remember here is that this movie does not have, at least none that I was able to identify, does not have a single legitimate plot hole in it. The no. story holds together. There are a couple of characters that could have gotten a little bit more development, like Mahershala yeah. Ali's character, Victor, yeah. or Vector. He could yeah, have gotten Vector. a little bit more development. Her mother could have gotten some more yeah, development. Jennifer Connelly's character yeah. definitely could have gotten a but little bit more But the development on, on, on I, I would say, the three main characters, which would be Alita, um, uh, Ido, and Hugo, their development yep. was perfect. Again, there are no plot holes. The story holds together from beginning to end, and you do need to, you know, this is why I say this is why I say critics are stupid. You know, you, you do need to sort of turn off reality a little bit. Remember yeah. that you're in a sci-fi movie that takes place 500 years in the future. Yep. You need to pay attention to what is happening because like any good story, they're not going to explain every little detail of the movie for you. You kind of have to infer some things for yourself, and we like movies like that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the story holds together. The characters are great. The action. The action is phenomenal. The yeah, action 100%. scenes are, 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 for the most part, they are short. They are crisp. They are to the point. They're not really over the top. They're not really way out there. Um, and and it's all, you know, in, in the context of a movie that takes place 500 years in the future, it's all believable for the, the, the backdrop of the world that they have set up there. So I see what critics would complain about in terms of the like the pacing is a little quick, but at the end of the day, it doesn't take anything away from the movie because there are no plot holes. The character motivations make sense. The character development makes sense. You get a complete arc for Alita, and you get a. It is a bit of a cliffhanger ending, but the story they set out to tell within this movie has a beginning, middle, and an end, and it yep. leaves you wanting more. And like, yep. yes, you 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 end the movie knowing like, okay, there's a whole other world out there yep. that they need to go and explore. This yeah, movie. there's more story to tell. There's, there's more, more story, story to tell. tell. Right, but, but while at the same time, it wraps up the story that they right. were telling. Exactly. Right, and it kind of completes it. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, well. the, the fact that you talked about the action. That was probably one of my favorite scenes uh, or one of my favorite aspects of the movie was that all of the action scenes um, are very direct, very short to the point, yeah. right? Even the um, the motorball scenes, right? Where where I really thought that the movie could have done without the motorball, although I think it did add like a, a little bit of a crucial element, and that's taken directly from the manga, 
Um, but the action scenes, even in that, they're so crisp, so fast, so yeah. so they're not these long, drawn out fight scenes, right? It's just it's just boom, 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 and the action is lightning fast, and it's awesome, and it really is an homage to both the anime as well as the manga, right? And I think that that's the the real thing. I think that's why critics didn't love it is because this was a movie for anime fans and for manga fans. This is a movie that's made for those people that want to go, want to have a good time at the movie theater, want to see this cyberpunk, you know, sort of storyline, and they want to be able to have that unique experience and just get immersed in this entire world, right? In in the short time of this movie, which it was only about a two-hour movie. Um, it, it it completely immerses you in the entire world, which is the one thing that I think Aquaman did very very well. Right? Was they really created this entire environment that 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 is uh, so relatable to, even though it's so futuristic and dystopian and everything like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And like I said, I think that you know the 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 biggest takeaway from this movie, the most important thing to remember, kind of going back to our beginning discussion about about the Oscars. Yeah. When you're set out to make a movie, this is obviously a movie that falls into the camp of we're just trying to make a movie, we're trying we have a story to tell and this is the story we want to tell. When you're trying to make a movie like that, you need to pay attention to your characters and you need to pay attention to your story. Yep. If your characters work, if their motivations work, and if the story is not full of plot holes, you're going to have a good movie. And that's exactly what this was. Yeah, 100%. And there were so many scenes. Something that they, I think that they did so well was my first um, uh, introduction to Alita was when I was a kid on Sci-Fi Channel. They used to do a thing called Saturday Anime. And I watched Alita when I was a kid on Saturday Anime uh, at one point. And I was a fan and I knew of Alita ever since then. And I always saw it. I never I, – I got a chance to read some of the mangas when I was younger. Um, but I never read like all of them. I never collected them. I got a chance to like read some of them. Um, but I think that the biggest thing that this thing does is it stays true to its source material. Yeah. There were so many scenes in that movie that were direct from the anime. The last scene with Hugo and they're on the pipe, that's direct. That's like the exact end of the anime. Yep. Um, uh, you know, the, the scene where uh, the dog gets killed and she rubs the blood on her uh, under her eyes – you know, uh, that, that's direct from the anime. Um, uh, Ito's hammer, where he's got that, that giant so face. Awesome. That he, and you see him, and he walks the streets, and at first you think he's the bad guy, but then you, then it turns on you direct from the anime. His hammer, where he puts it together, it's got the rocket power, where he pushes with the button. So awesome, right? So awesome. The hunter killers that they are, like, so cool, right? And it's, again, direct from the anime. Hunter warriors. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hunter warriors. Hunter killers are actually from Terminator. Terminator, yeah, yeah the age. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> very easy to get those futuristic <laughs> yeah. sci-fi cyborg bounty, movies. They're actually they're bounty hunters. That's yeah. what they are. And actually, yeah, actually, in the manga, you're actually you're called bounty hunters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but just I, I mean, really incredible movie. As long as you don't go in there trying to nitpick it apart. Yeah. Um, you just just you know. You know, close your eyes, get immersed, and have a good time. And it's—I I think it was a great movie. What I, think, I, I think it was just a wild time. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was. You know, James was Cameron fun. came out, and, and he was talking about the first thing that his daughter said when he when she came out of that movie, and she goes, "Dad, that was fucking rad." Yeah. You know, and you know what? That is fucking rad. It was. It was awesome. One of my favorite scenes in the movie was when she's in the uh, the bar where the where the bounty hunters are, and she tries. She does that like motivational speech to try to oh, rally yeah. the bounty hunters with her, and oh, they yeah. all just start laughing it's so, at her. It's, great. it's so perfect. perfect. It's so perfect. It's and exactly then, what you wanted to see in that right. scene. Right, and then she has that awesome fight scene yeah. and she actually proves herself. Well, she she's fucks like, everybody up. Dude, it's great. awesome. Yeah, she, and she's badass. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a cool badass character to be able to get to, get behind. Right? Exactly, yeah. You know? And I like how everything is like, you know, like I said, they, they explain the stuff that they need to explain and don't explain the stuff that they don't need to explain. It's like, for example, they don't explain really like why or how Nova can possess people um from from uh yeah, why can he like, hack why into can their he brain that, right yeah. like and you don't really need to that's like yeah. an ability that he has yeah. like that's that's his thing you don't really need to explain it yeah but they do explain why alita is so drawn to battle why she's so in like always looking for a fight more yeah. or less why she's so naturally a gifted fighter and they explain that and again 
it works. Like the way they explain it, the context of the story, it all works and it makes for a really good story. Yeah, and, and they did it in a very short and concise way as well, right? Where they're it's not just that they're they're trying to ham fist this, right? They they give these little short backstories and, and scenes. Yeah. And right? they draw it out across yeah. the whole movie. Uh, across the whole movie, and then she finds the other body, right? Yeah. That that comes directly from um, it, it comes directly from like her her history and everything like that, right? And and her past. Right. And now you want to know, like, how did she get into the garbage pit? How long was she there? Right. The fact that the, the literally the way the movie starts is exactly the way the anime starts, where it just throws you in it. Yeah. And you start off with it doesn't explain who Ito is. It doesn't explain the world at all. It just throws you into it. And Ito, the, literally the first scene is Ito finding Alita. Right, which is awesome. That's exactly the way that it was in the anime. It's directly from. It's so amazing. I love in the in the bar fight when Ido goes. He's trying to get everyone to stop fighting. He goes, he goes, no more free repairs. And they all <laughs> yeah. stop fighting. Yeah, they all stop. No more free repairs. <laughs> it's like, so oh, good. Shit. So yeah. good. And, and Christoph Waltz is amazing in the movie. He, he's like, amazing he's so in everything good. he does. Yeah. You know? um, and Mahershala Ali, even yeah. though, like I said, he could have gotten a little bit more screen time. He yeah, was great. That, that he was, was definitely something that um, I, I was a little bit upset about. I definitely yeah. think that his character could have been fleshed out. Yeah. Could have made him a little bit more dominant as the evil bad guy. Exactly. Um, Especially seeing how well he did in Luke Cage as Cottonmouth. Yeah. Because he was phenomenal as that villain, yeah. Cottonmouth and Luke Cage, and I really yeah. wanted to see him sort of channel that again in Alita. And yeah, like, you know, like I said, like, you know, and he's such a good actor yeah. that it almost seems like a waste. Exactly, yeah. So he, yeah. Was, he was a little bit wasted, but again, even though he was a bit wasted, you got just enough of him to keep the story moving. Yeah. It wasn't like Black Manta, you know, and Aquaman. No, that who was, was just pointless. Completely wasted, you yeah. know, like so. Um, so, so we think that this was a good movie. Um, yeah. I think what it comes down to, we were saying this before. I think critics just don't like anime. Yeah, I, I think that they don't. You know, and and no matter what, you know, especially with a big movie like this, you know, sometimes they just want to get on. You know, the, you know, they just want to get on and just kind of, you know. Nitpicking, yeah, right? horse, like we yeah. talked about last week, you know, where where the the reviewer from the New York Post came out and was talking about, oh, do robots dream of bigger breasts? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, fuck so that. stupid. Fuck so that stupid. guy. What an idiot. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, it was a woman. Oh, it was a woman. Yeah, really? Was, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, like whatever. Fuck her. She's an idiot too. <laughs> she writes for the New York Post. Yeah, like, what does she so. know? Yeah, come on. Oh, oh, the post. Oh. <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if there's a, a hierarchy of quality newspapers, right? I think the post is um, yeah, well, uh, not not really close to the top. That's, no, definitely that's sure. not. God. Okay. Well, as we always do each week, as we get near towards the end of the show, we're gonna do a little segment that we like to call Winner of the Week. <laughs> So last week we uh, talked about how the Train Your Dragon was going to uh, take the top spot. We were obviously yep. 100% right in that it crushed everything else at yep. the box office. Absolutely did. Um, now this week, this week is an interesting week because yep. this week it'll be the second week for How to Train Your Dragon 3. Um, I think we all know that after last week's performance, Alita is going to be out of it. Yeah, Alita but there will are, definitely be out of it. There are two movies coming out this week, two in particular that we want to talk about, um, that I think make for, for the first time this year, make for a bit of a tight race, or could make for a tight race. Yeah. Um, so the two movies that we're talking about uh, are Greta and Tyler Perry's Medea Family Funeral. Yeah. So right off the bat, the Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry movies, whether you like them or not, I, I don't particularly like them, um, they they always do well at the box office. They do. They always do really they, well at the box do. office. They do. They're always very funny. You know, yeah. I'm actually I'm actually a fan of yeah. the Tyler Perry movies. And this this movie is opening up on just under 2,500 screens, yeah, which so is not that many. Yeah, not yeah. that many. Yes, for for those of you out there who who really have no concept, usually a big release. You're talking about being over 4,000 screens. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so this is literally on 1,500 screens less. But it is a Tyler Perry movie. And is that enough to beat How to Train Your Dragon in the second week? I'm not so sure. Be I, I don't yeah, think so. I'm not so I, sure I because I don't think it is either. Because you know How to Train Your How to Train Your Dragon uh, for the weekend. Uh, wait, let me see. Where's the? We need we need our our fucking social media intern. Yeah, where the heck? Where we we don't have social media intern Jackie. Uh, we don't have uh, social media intern uh, or uh, or. Uh, yeah, okay, here we go. The total for How Monster to Train Money. Your Dragon um, as of February 27th was 
$65 million. So, crushed. So, absolutely yeah. crushed. So, so I don't think Alita has made $65 million in America. I know they have in they China. Have, yeah, in China. Yeah, they have in China, but they haven't made it here. So now, so that's more or less the first weekend. Let's just call $65 million the first weekend. Yeah. Now, movies always have a bit of a drop-off on the second weekend. Is the drop-off going to be big enough for Medea to take over? I don't think so. I think it would need a $40 million drop-off to be able to be yeah. by by Cause Medea. Because I, I think Medea is probably going to open up to like maybe $25 million maybe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Twenty yeah. Between 20 and 25 I think yeah. that's a, a good estimate for where they're going to end up. But now here's the here's the the um, – not the – What's the word I'm looking for? The like rub. The, the wild ball. The wild ball. Wild card. Wild oh, ball. Oh, the wild card. Such an idiot. The wild card. <laughs> the wild ball. <laughs> that's what I call it. No, the wild ball. The wild ball here. So this movie, Greta, that's coming out. This movie, um, it's been promoted pretty well. Nowhere near as much as you know a lot of wide release movies. Um, mm-hmm. Coming out on just about the same number of screens yep. as Tyler Perry's uh, movie is. This movie, if you've seen the trailer for it... It looks fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like a really good. It goes back to what we. It goes back to what we've talked a lot about before. It looks like a high concept yeah, horror high concept movie. Horror. Yep. And unlike some of those other high concept horror movies, this one has a little bit of. It's not a list star power, but uh, uh, Chloe Grace Moritz is the main actress in this movie. And while I wouldn't necessarily call her an A lister. She certainly has a very dedicated following of fans. Yeah. And I think that, again, eh, I don't think it's going to beat How to Train Your Dragon, but I think both of these movies are going to give it a little bit of a run for the money this week. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think that they're going to give it a run for money, but I I don't think so. I think we're in a dead weekend, right? We're in a dead weekend before Captain Marvel comes out. Right, and then once Captain Marvel comes out, forget yeah. it. Captain Everything Marvel is fucked. Captain Marvel is going to dominate for the next three weeks, and then Shazam will dominate after that. Yeah. Well, it it, it all depends because Shazam is coming up against a lot of other things. You know, Pet Cemetery comes out the same month. Yeah, Shazam's right? going to beat it. You think? Do you think Shazam will beat Pet Cemetery? Because I think Pet Cemetery comes out the week after. Shazam. I think it does too. Yeah, after. but I think Shazam's going to beat it. I think that movie has got. I think that movie's got enough hype that. It's cause I think it, I think because it, it looks good. It looks it looks it, good. yeah. It looks really so, good. But then again, uh, that's what I thought about Batman versus Superman in the first trailer that I saw of that. Hey, so. I fucking told you that, <laughs> that movie was gonna suck. I told you from day uh, one. I know that, that I know. movie was gonna suck. When I saw the second trailer, I knew it was gonna suck. Yeah. But <laughs> when I saw the first trailer, I was super hyped. Yeah. I anyway, told you from day so, one. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna go with uh, How to Train Your Dragon. Three, I think it's going to take the weekend. I think it's going to win the weekend. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're right on that one. It's it'll be an interesting battle, I think, this weekend. But I think at the end of the day, How to Train Your Dragon is definitely going to take it. Um, you know, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see when we record our next episode uh, next week. Yeah. And uh, you know, so you know, be a little controversial tonight. A little, little serious. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely. Nice. You know, normally I always say I don't want to hear your fucking opinions because you're always wrong. Um, no. But on the, some of the controversial no. stuff we talked about tonight, yeah. I would love to hear your opinion. I definitely want to hear is your opinion. Is it kayfabe? Did you like the kayfabe connection? Is yeah. it kayfabe or not? Roman right. Reigns, yes. Jesse Smollett, no. Tell us what you think. I would love to hear more about it. Do you think that Roman Reigns is kayfabe? Do you think his battle with leukemia is fake? Do you think that if it is fake, is that a bad thing? Right? I want to know all of that. Like, let us know what you think. I don't think it. I don't think it is. I don't think. It, why is it any different? People it's talk. Not, people talk not. about wrestling being a soap opera, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. And, and again, this is something that I said in the very first episode, right? You can go back <laughs> literally to eighteen weeks ago or seventeen. What episode are we on? This is eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Episode eighteen. You could go back eighteen weeks ago, right? And you can hear us talking about Roman Reigns when this first happened, right? And I even said this, right? Like. Why is it a bad thing if this, you know, people talk about this being being a soap opera, right? right? Yeah. And, and wrestling is just a soap opera. How many soap operas have you known where they've done a heart failure storyline yeah. or a brain cancer storyline or a tumor, the brain tumor, and like almost every single soap opera that ever existed. Exactly. One of the main characters has a brain tumor and then comes back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? It's like it's, it's, it's like procedural <laughs> procedural nighttime drama one hundred and one. Yeah. Like, everybody's got a disease. Everybody's been raped or something. 
something. Like it's all yeah. it all comes down to that. So yeah, so so go on, tell us what you think. Go back and listen to all of our previous episodes. We're up on Spotify, we're up on SoundCloud, ready, set, review. Follow us on Instagram, like all of our shit, tell us what you think, and uh, make sure you tune in next week. Stay tuned, true reviewers. Thank <laughs> you.